Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello and welcome. It sounds like we have some tinkering and all kinds of things being made. I can only guess that Ron Klein is building something right now that he's going to probably have finished and completed by the end of the show. So, uh, Ron, I'm so excited to have you on the show, but I have Joyce who's going to give. We took the, the, uh, the bio that you gave us, and I hope you don't mind. It was going to take all 27 minutes of the show to talk about all the things you've created and done in the world. So I hope you don't mind. We've we've shrunk it down. It took about three hours to do so, but we shrunk it down to about two minutes. So, uh, well, Joyce, you th- know what? You don't even need two minutes because all you need is my first name, middle initial, and last name. That's good. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to do a little better than that. And I just want to also say Joyce has really taken this show to another level, and so does Gita. And uh, both of them are going through some amazing transitions in their life that are going to really lead to bigger and better things. And I, I hope they circle back around and jump on the show and either visit or just become part of the team again. But, Joyce, thank you so much for not just being a, a partner in the show and a strategic person and really giving your heart to this but for all the things you've done for the events, uh, the, the publishing, everything, you've been amazing. Well, thank you, Ken. That's great. I'm honored, uh, Ron, to introduce you. Uh, I could jump to the end and say the word patents. That really excites me because I have a, one industrial engineer for a son, one of my sons. So, Ron, Ron Klein. He is an ordinary man who accomplishes extraordinary things. That's a great intro. So he believes that every solution has resulted uh, in can result in monumental change. He has inventions and very or very simple solutions. And the list is really long, Ron. Here, so magnetic strips on credit cards, credit card validity checking, things for the real estate industry. You know, on and on, all the things that you've invented in New York Stock Exchange and your latest patent device enables visually impaired people the ability to identify an item, an item when it's physically, when they're physically in range of that item. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe by touch, I just wonder what we're going to hear. So welcome, Ron Klein. Well, thank you both very much, and thanks for having me on the show. And God, that sounds complicated, but you know what? It sounds confusing, all that stuff. It really, it's basically very simple. So, But thanks for the introduction. I really appreciate that. And I'm ready for any questions that you or your audience asks, and I'm ready to simplify that. That's my whole thing. I simplify everything, get to understand what the issue is, what's the solution we're looking for, and everything else to me is the journey in between. You know, I always say if... If you painted it the wrong color to begin with, there's only plan A, just change it and paint it a different color. So I'm ready to talk whenever you're ready to listen. Well, I I am ready to listen, but I'm going to have to talk a little bit in order to structure things so I can listen. So that's the problem I have to overcome. And uh, thank you for stopping building whatever you're building because you have just created another invention, obviously the silent tools that allow you to build stuff while you're actually talking. So this is absolutely blowing my mind how many things you're doing. You're multitasking during this show. 
<laughs> I want to uh, I want to compliment you on what a wonderful wife you have. Arlene is well, thank you. like the super partner. I mean, you guys are not only inseparable, but I I see how you play together when you're at events to really create uh, dynamic relationships, conversations, and possibilities. So, awesome, awesome. The, Arlene is just about everything to me. We're um, next week or a couple of weeks, September twenty seventh. We'll be celebrating our fifty eighth wedding anniversary, and not only Arlene is my beautiful wife and and dearest friend and person, she she does everything for me. I've learned something new every day from her. She keeps telling me that I'm supposedly a genius, and she's learning from me. I could not live without that woman. I learn something new from her every day. Lover, 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 and we can talk for the next thirty minutes and just promote our needs. <laughs> but it's all for you. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I think you both are speaking the truth. I think you both learn from each other, and I think that's what makes your relationship and marriage evolve because it's it's contributing to each other's. Uh, probably one of the, the the things you need to you're most hungry for is is knowledge and improvement. Yes. I've seen you at so many uh, amazing events like Digital Footprints, uh, Secret Knock, I believe CO Space. Is that correct? Yeah, just a few. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been on TV and radio many times, and and I, I guess uh, I spent, with all of the years of wisdom and knowledge I've gained by learning something new every day, I've, I've disseminated that in many different ways, and I really appreciate being on your show, too. Well, you know, we had a huge bet. Our whole team kind of got together, and even Doug uh, got in on this one. And we, we had a bet, and this is going to be very interesting how you answer this question. So a lot of the people on the team were wondering if you had ever heard of Thomas Edison. Uh, yes. Uh, didn't he work with Spencer Tracy? <laughs> he might have. <laughs> so he's a cool example of someone that solved a major problem. And I was wondering... How do you actually approach solving problems, and how do you teach people that may not know this as a skill set how to, how to solve problems? Thank you so much for asking that question. That's my whole life. <laughs> I love it. You know, <laughs> if somebody asks me, what, what do I do, and I answer very quickly, I'm a problem solver. And the thing I, the, what I do to get around problems is I create, every problem to me is a frustration, and I don't want to be frustrated, so I turn every problem into a challenge. The most important thing with challenges is identifying the challenge. Once you identify the challenge, then it's a piece of cake. It's simple because all I say is, what's the given in the challenge? What's the solution I'm looking for? And everything else in between is just a journey. It's the minutia. And it's the, the challenge that really I find a gift behind every challenge and, and a, um, an opportunity behind every challenge. So the way I approach it, is to drastically simplify it. That's what's so important. Once you simplify it, you identify it and simplify it, the rest is a piece of cake. It's just a simple answer. For instance, one of the simplest challenges I ever had in my entire career was developing the magnetic strip on the credit card. Because, do I have a second to to tell that quick story? You have minutes. Go for it. Okay. Uh, the director of a very large department store came to me and said, we have a problem. And I said, okay, what's the problem? And they said, to to perform a credit card purchase, and they used to call them charge card purchases in those days, and this was the early 60s, 64 and and 66. Um, He said, it's a very, very slow process. 
and all of the the problem is situated on the merchant because the merchant has to authorize the purchase because every month the credit card companies would give a book of all the negative accounts to every merchant and when the merchant would go to write up a sale he had to open up that book and run his finger through every page in that book it was so thick of to see of the credit cards to see if your credit card was in there and that that was very slow and at holiday time it was even worse and then it was up to the merchant to decide whether that person was worthy of buying the item and not and I said well you know what that's pretty simple why don't we just take all that information, put it into some kind of memory system, give him a little keypad, and he keys in the number, and if the number's not in the memory system, the person was good to go. So that was really the first point of sale, but that didn't satisfy myself. It speeded up the process a little bit, but it was slower, and I said, we got to put some smarts in that little piece of plastic, and this is the answer. Right around that time, reel-to-reel tape recorders came out. I said, geez, I know what that is. You know, you can record music and you record voice. It's got a motor and it moves the the tape from one reel to the other and plays the, the music or voice. And I said, if I could take a little piece of that tape, record the account number on it, paste it on the back of the credit card, and then build a little device that mimics a credit card reader Okay, mimics the the tape reader and make you the motor. Just slide it through. So it was a little piece of tape on a piece of plastic. You're the motor, and there was a little device to read the tape. That was the invention of the magnetic strip on the credit card. How simple is that? So what you've got to do is identify the problem. The problem was it was slow, and and the problem was the merchant because he was responsible. Now I took that away from the merchant, and speed it up the process. Simple problem. And that's how what year was it was to solve it. What that year was, was that? 19, in 1964, and I actually was awarded the patent in 1969 because it took so, it was 35 pages of dissertation because, it, you know, I, I made it sound simple, but because I was the technical guy, both the inventor and the engineer and the, everything, I had to put the whole thing together, and I worked with patent attorneys for a couple of years doing that. But that's, you know, that's I, how simple the problem was. Yeah, I think it's simple because your brain made it that. I think the point of uh, my question is how, to, how can people learn to make it that simple? And so my question I'll go to is, did your parents give you uh, toys that were problem-solving toys. Uh, at what point did you realize you were gifted in the area of problem-solving? Well, no, my parents didn't. I came from a very wealthy family. My dad was a postal worker, and my mom worked in a department store, so we didn't have money for toys during the Depression. Um, <laughs> I grew I grew up in the in the uh, 30s, okay, and uh, it was during war years, and you know we were kind of a, a middle-class family living on very mediocre salaries, so. Um, I had to make my own toys. My own toys were masking tape made out of masking tape and cardboard because I was a pretty inventive guy. And the inventiveness came from my grandfather. He was my mentor, uh, my mother's father. He was a famous inventor, and way, way back in the early 1900s, he invented the first steam propulsion mechanism to drive steamships that would prevent the uh, it would generate the steam to turn the propellers and so on. And then he also invented during the First World War the first torpedo detector for submarines. Then he even invented 
the first pressing machine for tailors, and he invented the rabbit ears back in the early 40s for television sets. That was their en- the antennas. So he was a very inventive guy. I was with him constantly. He even taught me how to sew on a sewing machine. And the guy was just incredible, and I worshipped him. And he was my mentor, and he was the one I followed, and I just he taught me so many creative things and how to be creative and how to think. So that, that was my background there. Yeah, I think that was invaluable, having a mentor that actually was playing at that level with their mind. And I would guess that since you just said you spent all the time you possibly could with them, that you spent probably possibly more than 10,000 hours refining a skill set of how to actually process a problem into a solution. Well, and and during my uh, early teen years, I had another opportunity. It was it didn't look like an opportunity at first, but it turned out to be an opportunity. I developed a very serious liver disease, and it was contagious. And I was in the hospital in Philadelphia, where I was born, um, in a hospital for three months, um, doctoring with this contagious disease. And after I came out of the hospital, I had to convalesce at home for a year and a half. I was 16 years old. I figured they, they wouldn't let me go to school. I wasn't allowed out of the house because I was too susceptible to disease. So I had to learn on my own. And my parents had an 18-book volume of Encyclopedia Britannica. And in a, half, in a year and a half, I read 18 volumes cover to cover. What a delightful experience. And hopefully I retained some of it. So that was my education. And what you have children. Uh, yeah. I think you shared that with me before. Uh, did you raise your children to... Uh, be problem solvers and to absorb the Encyclopedia Britannica? I raised my children to be free thinkers. And I have a a son, 56, and a daughter, 54. And I have four grandchildren who have the oldest is is 26. And And I taught them success and opportunity in the world is to be smart, daring, and different. And when I say smart, that that doesn't mean go get a PhD from Harvard. Smart means Pay attention. Learn something new every day. Be aware of what's going around you. Even if you think you have no interest in what you're learning every day, put it in a little segment in your brain and remember it. And if you really have to touch that or touch it at some other point, you can always look it up. So being smart is being aware, paying attention. And being daring is don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you make a mistake... Painted a different color. You painted it wrong the first color, first time, painted a different color the second time. And that's most important. And then the last thing is be different. Don't try and push ideas or sell ideas to people. Only provide benefits. If it's not a benefit, don't work on it. And, and this is what I preached to them and, get, and gave them their heads to think differently and, and think out of the box. And it's worked. I mean, they're great grandchildren and I love them very much. Well, I was so excited to get you on the show immediately because we had talked to pre-show uh, how much can you actually you know, share in 27 minutes, but I forgot to invite our guests to go to Amplify it on Facebook, and any questions you have, uh, shoot them over on Facebook, and we'll get them on the air, or we'll answer them later. Ron, you're up to answering questions after the show um, that Absolutely. comes through social media. Would love to. And, Would love to. And how can people uh, follow you, connect with you? Well, I've got a website, and the website, you can get to the website two ways. Uh, it's the number four, 
ronkline.com, and that's R-O-N-K-L-E-I-N. Or the, the other way is through my branded name, the grandfather of possibilities.com. And that's okay. a lot and- to type out, so that's why I also have four ronkline.com, which points to the grandfather of possibilities.com. And, so uh, we will grab that later from you. Okay. And then the next question is, you have a book that Arlene actually was a partner in creating, and why don't you talk about that book for a second? Okay. The book, the name of the book is called The Grandfather of Possibilities, of course, and I figured that when I started speak, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of consulting, and a lot of mentoring, and a lot of inventing, and, and I'm pretty sharp in intellectual property, so I can help people really vet their projects and determine what is the best way to get it to market, and is there intellectual property there? So I figured I wanted to tell all these things and all these stories, and I started writing a manuscript as to what I've done, who I am, and how I can help and give back. And let alone I can't even write, I can't even spell. And Arlene and I share the same office, and I kept saying to her, what do you think of this, hon? You know, how's this? Does this make sense? Is this grammatically correct? And she got so annoyed with me, she finally said, give me the darn thing. I'll put it together myself. Next thing I know, and she's a great writer and an author herself, she wrote the book, and that's it. And I figured that is really my business card. And anybody that's interested in that book, they can get it on Amazon, where they can uh, write me, and I'll even sign an automatic autograph copy and send it off to them. That is very kind of you. Uh, and you. I think that's that's an offer that we'll put out on the social media, the Facebook page. And it is a remarkable book. And when you're reading a book from a person who solves as many problems as you have, which we're going to go into some other uh, wonderful solutions you've come up with. But I want to just tell the audience that I had the pleasure of being on the same show as you with uh, Eric Zuli uh, about two or three weeks ago. And wow, I, I so enjoyed your your interview and you had already been scheduled for mine but anyone that wants to go a little more deep into the stories that Ron has it is a brilliant interview and he is able to share so much more of his brilliance so I I was very thankful that we were on the same show together Ron well and you know and I'm really appreciative of this because what I real the message I really want to get across is when I when I recognize a problem and it becomes a challenge I want I want to turn that challenge into a benefit for someone and it's not that whether it be one person I can help or whether it be many, it, the purpose is to provide a benefit. And that's what's so important. That's why I say to be different, don't try and sell ideas, sell benefits. And when I do all these things, for instance, when I came up with the credit card idea, I had no concept at all that it was going to have an effect on billions of people's lives. My purpose was to speed the process up of a sale and take the burden off of the merchant. Uh, likewise, in other things that I did, for I developed MLS for real estate. That was a very simple solution of they had a situation that had to be resolved, and I did that with special equipment and a special process. Same well, take a, minute, I, take a minute to describe. Wait, take a minute to describe uh, what the problem was and what the solution was for MLS. Well, very quickly, the problem was if somebody is moving from point A to point B, when they get to point B, wouldn't it be nice if the realtors had the concept of what these people are looking for ahead of time? So I came up with special terminals, special devices. This was in 1967. There was no internet. There was no PCs or things like that. So I came up with special devices that took 
basic listing information that a realtor was coming up with. You know, you want a house with three bedrooms, two baths, close to a school, swimming pool, et cetera, et cetera. Gave them a little device that they could set that up, call into a central computer in Chicago. That's where the headquarters for Narab was. And they would beep this information in in the form of uh, coded tones. And now the central computer had that information. Every other realtor could call up the central computer saying, this is what we're looking for, and they would have it printed out on teletype machines. So that, that was a, it was a simple solution, and I came up with the whole system to develop that. Then in the 60s, uh, again in the late 60s, the banking industry was booming where people, where touchstone phones just came out, and people wanted information on their accounts. Well, why not use the touchstone phone? So I invented voice response, synthesized voice. First, it sounded like a robot, and then I synthesized it so it sounded like a human. So you would call the a computer, the bank's computer, touchstone in your bank information, and it would come back with, it would do the search in the computer, the bank's computer, turn it into voice, and the voice would come back and give you the response. Just solving a simple solution, and that was easy. Uh, years ago, in the early 60s, uh, there was a gentleman who was raising chickens. His ha- name happened to be Frank. I'm not going to give him a bigger plug, but everybody knows yeah. Frank who that raises chickens. And yeah. he, he said, could you build me a system using this idea and this formula on how to raise chickens in eight-week period, healthier and to full maturity than the normal long-term period? Came up with the process. We solved it. We fooled the chickens as to what they were eating. Now chickens are raised to full maturity in eight weeks. So it's identifying the the challenge, simplifying it, and saying, and the simplification is usually simple as to how do you solve it? Most people start to solve challenges by jumping in the middle of the minutia into the journey instead of identifying it and saying, what's the given? What's the solution I'm looking for? It's like what we learned in grade school to solve word problems throw out all the junk and just identify what you're working with. And that's the way I did that. The biggest opportunity, and, and I ended up building this into a major company where I had over 125 employees, needed money, funded that, then took the company public. We run the stock exchange and it boomed and somebody came, a big insurance company came and bought me out. And I figured, hey, that's great. I was 34 years old and I was ready for retirement. That lasted about three weeks. How much can you fish? Then I started a whole new thing, and that is quite the story that took me through an incredible evolution and great success and ended up with spending a quarter of a century in on Wall Street with the New York Stock Exchange in which I automated the exchange and developed the bond trading system. So that's another story. Okay, more questions. Well, I have, I have two I guess closing questions, but then I would like you to surmise what you're doing in your most recent problem-solving innovation, and then if you, and before you do that, maybe dive into the stock exchange because that's a chaotic thing. But here's my question number one, and then question number two. Question number one is: Do you wish you were born more recently or now to solve the problems that are today's problems? Or are you very content that you are solving what you've solved and what you're solving now? I feel that God gave me a gift that I was born in the 30s because I've experienced so much in the evolution of growth. I got, I, I was given the opportunity to be 
exposed to so much wisdom and knowledge that I could on pass to, to the youth of today. And I have great appreciation for laser listening. And I listen to people very carefully, and I listen to the millennials who represent 75% of the market right now as to what is it that they're looking for, what kind of experiences, what are the issues, how can I help them? And, that, and God has blessed me with the ability at my age to be able to give back and help create what this country needs is entrepreneurship because that's what's going to cure it. That's what's, what's going to allow it to grow. And I'm delighted if I had my life to live over again with all of the hardships that I've gone through, plus being in the Korean War and coming home with a Purple Heart, I would live it and do it over again a hundred times. Wow, that's amazing. And that you've kind of answered the second question a bit, but I'm still going to ask it because I'm going to just rephrase it a little bit. You were one of the nominations for president, and believe it or not, you beat Trump in the election, and you're now the president of the United States of America. What would be your use of your mind to solve problems that would be the biggest thing to tackle? And if, if you're not going to answer this part, what, to solve world peace? First of all, I think, and I mentioned this before, the most important thing, you know, there's, there's advice and there's opinions. People who give opinions are people that have never done it before, have not experienced it, and are busy telling you why you can't do it. People who have give advice are those people that have credibility, who have done things before, experienced, and can give you a reason as to why they're giving that advice. I think the answer to being a good president would be to have what I call laser listening. Not just busy listening to the point where I'm thinking about what I answer somebody's question with or so on and so forth, but listening to what the challenge is, what the issue is, simplifying that issue in my mind, identifying it and saying, what can we do to solve this problem? And, and a, a real quick answer is years ago, I thought I had the answer to what was the, the need to solve the economy problem back in 2008 when there was $17 trillion of money thrown out for, to solve the, the issue of the major problem with the banks. And I was saying to myself, well, geez, at the same time, there is only $12 trillion in major principal mortgage debt. Why doesn't the government take that money, pay off everybody's principal mortgage, making the banks healthy again, where they, they got back all the, the woo-woos that they did that they shouldn't have and give these people that mortgage payoff and charge them 5% over 15 years. In 15 years, we would have gotten our money back, solving the problem, and everybody would now have money to be able to go out with the banks and buy cars and purchase and so on and so forth. It was the resolution to the major problem. I'm, I'm exaggerating, and it would have to be some kind of major hybrid system to that, but I was identifying what is the problem. The problem was the banks were in hold, they were in trouble, and because they were in hold, how do you rectify the problem? So that's the kind of solution I would come up with being president to have laser listening, listen to the issues that are out there, simplify them and solve them. And most important, establish a wonderful relationship with all of our allies and help and help understand where they are, what their problems are. 
I got a little bit too winded on that. Sorry. Well, you did great, and uh, it was brilliant. And I want to say that I'm getting notices from my entire team that they want to not me to nominate you as the next president, young man. So <laughs> we are going we are going to do our best to get you in the Oval Office for the next round. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, I'll so I'll okay. tell you what. Sounds good. Time. Time is not working for us because we we pretty much did the first thing. I do have uh, – I want you to just share briefly, like a minute or two, um, what you're working on now with uh, the blind and how and how you looked at that problem and how you solved it. Could you do that in about a minute or two? I'll do it real fast. I have a very close friend who is blind from birth, and uh, I, I sat down and had breakfast with him one day, and I said, what's on your wish list? And he said, you know, we're both creative people because he was pretty sharp. I need something to help me identify what I come in contact with in my daily lives, but it has to be economically feasible, simple, and so on and so forth. I came up with the idea of very unique special coded labels. They happen to look like QR coded labels, but it's something special. You put that on any device you want to identify. You take a free app on your phone, whether it be an iPhone or an Android, download it for nothing, point it at the label, the label will tell you what the item is. If you want to change that, for instance, let's say even for sighted people, you want to move and you're throwing all kinds of stuff in the box. You put the label on the box while you're throwing the stuff in the box. You tell your telephone what's in the box, point it at the label. Now the label knows what's in the box. When you get to the new location, you don't have to open up the box. You point it at the label and it says, oh, this is what's in this box. One minor application. There's hundreds and hundreds of applications. That's for the blind. It's working well. And now I've carried it one step further, which even takes it to a whole new evolution. Did I, I want to adopt you as my grandfather. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's me. Or my dad. You are so wonderful to listen to. And I can't imagine uh, having a whole day where I get to watch you play and, and just be the person that sees the light in, in every single problem. So that's so cool. I want to end this, uh, this segment with, you ha- uh, what book would you recommend is a life changer for people? Um, maybe in the guise of actually helping them solve problems be- better, but if, if it's more towards the mastermind level too, that's fine too. Well, you, you know, there's so many books. books out there. There are yeah, so many books out there, wonderful books. I, I think, you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill was probably one of the classics that was written back in 1937, and it still has all the qualities and attributes and advantages of its being read today. I would say that's a strong book. And any particular book on how to uh, train your mind to uh, solve problems better? Well, one, let me promote uh, one that that I'm in. Uh, Greg Reed, who is the new Napoleon Hill from the Napoleon Hill Foundation, he wrote a book and, and used a lot of our chapters from, from other people called Think and Grow Rich Stickability. And in yes. that book are people like myself and Marty Cooper, the inventor of the cell phone, and uh, um, Steve Wallensack from Apple, and so on and so forth. And there's about 12, 12 people or 12 chapters in there that, are, that signify how people do certain things. And they've taken some pretty good excerpts. That's a pretty good, not necessarily how-to book, but it's very inspiring as to get out there and do something. Okay, and you have given a lot of brilliant uh, thoughts and to some degree even quotes, but let's finish the show off with your favorite quote. There's a gift 
behind every challenge. Amen to that. So you've been hearing Ron Klein, the grandfather of possibility, and gosh, obviously we could we could have you on for a year and a half to go through all the Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica. But uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I think this is a very inspiring show for people that have children and also just people that are looking at problems as something that's holding them back instead of something that they can overcome and actually uh, have a better life. So thank you for that inspiration. And you have been amplified, Ron. We will make sure the show goes out to as many people as possible to help you spread the word. Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much. And thanks for that wonderful introduction, Joyce. We'll be back in a couple minutes. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Wow, what a first segment. I'll tell you what, I... Doug, Doug is coming on real soon, is as intimidated as I am because we only found three things during the break that uh, Ron had not invented. So we are, we're hoping that those three can be claimed by Doug. So uh, without further ado, Joyce, would you be so kind as to bring on our next guest? Well, thank you, Ken. Sure thing. Doug, welcome. This is uh, Doug Rolf. Uh, Doug, he, wow. He enables people, and that means all of us, to turn our cell phones into our own personal point of sales and lead capture devices. So through, he uses mobile marketing for entrepreneurs to feed their funnel and grow their businesses like never before. Uh, every influencer, speaker, author, podcaster, politician, realtor, 
should know how to put this system to work and build their sales funnel. So I can't wait to hear about this, Doug. This is something I can use. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to Amazon. Thanks, Joy. Thanks, so what do you think about that first segment, Doug? Uh, you know, I know Ron. Uh, you and I have both spent some time with Ron, and uh, uh, he is an amazing guy, incredibly approachable, uh, easy to talk to, as you can tell. But when you have to sit back and listen to all the things that he's done and has been connected to, the mentorship that he's had, uh, the mentorship he's giving to others, the accomplishments he's got, um, it, it all of a sudden becomes extremely intimidating, right? Well, I'm not trying to intimidate you more, but he just texted me and he said, Ken, that was only 3% of what I've accomplished in my life. So, so uh, <laughs> I hate to do that to you just before you're starting your segment. But, <laughs> but see, Ken, well, that's where you come in of keeping every, all of us humble and in our place. <laughs> so not to, not to brag, but I think my humbleness is actually my best quality. So yeah, just well, <laughs> so anyway, I, there, there's a reason I put you guys together is because Ron is the innovator problem solver and you have the latest technology that you are actually making that technology solve massive problems uh, at the at the easiest way, at the most efficient way and the highest conversion way. So I wanted to put you guys together on the on the show for the reason that the, the topics actually complement each other. But I think I always hope that the two guests will connect later and get value out of actually being introduced or connected through the Amplified show. So uh, what caused you to actually get into this particular field? Um, so I'm a general contractor in Florida, okay? Uh, I was at a continuing education class. Uh, our instructor had a series that, uh, on CD that we could purchase afterwards for uh, some other uh, type of learning and entrepreneurship. So I purchased the CD pack, and it was, oh gosh, a two and a half hour drive back home. Well, I wanted to listen to it, but I wanted it on my, iP- uh, my uh, iPod. So being and before, before was, you say, just a second, Doug, I don't want you to just blow through the story. Uh, this, the audience needs to know that you invented the iPod before we go much further. Okay, iPod invented by Doug. Okay, go ahead. Well, along with the internet, yes, that's exactly <laughs> yes. right. Um, so, I'm trying to put six CDs onto my iPod. Well, you know, you got to go from the CD to the computer and then to the iPod. 45 minutes later, I'm sitting in my car doing this because that's where I wanted to consume this data. And the longer it goes, the more frustrated I become. It's like there has got to be an easier way to do this. Uh, these are all digital products. I'm taking it from one digital platform to another digital platform and then yet to a third digital device to consume this data. Why can't they just give us the files that can be easily uploaded to our phones or iPods or whatever else we're, looking, we're using? And, and so I just kind of stuck it in the back of my head. Once you identify, and I think um, uh, Ron has explained or, and, and shown the example of identifying a problem and then looking for a simple way to resolve it. I didn't know how to resolve it at the time, but once I identified the problem, I started looking for and being aware of new platforms and new ways to solve that issue that I had ident- been able to identify. Um, long story short, I found that texting could be that exact 
perfect uh, solution. And this is when text messaging was just starting to come out. Um, not not basic text messaging, but short message, SMS text messaging, using the short codes and a keyword uh, to enable an auto-responding message to come back via text, uh, asking for more information from the user to be texted back in, or like what we do is we offer a, uh, a link that takes them to a mobile page, which makes it very um, simple and concise for them to understand what we're asking, the questions we're asking, and the information that we're attempting to deliver to them. So that's how we kind of came up with it, and we started talking to speakers, authors, and influencers on how they could um, take information from the stage, uh, because this was the next problem that I saw, the next iteration of this problem, is you would have speakers on stage saying, look, I've got uh, great information. They're going through amazing slide decks. They're they're, uh, giving uh, wonderful information away to their audience. And inevitably, somebody, especially if it's a, a good presentation, somebody was going to raise their hand and say, how can we get a copy of your slide deck or how can we get some more information on this? And more often than not, I was finding or and hearing the response of, um, you know, uh, my assistant in the back will get your business card or maybe we can uh, have it. Can we have that posted by Monday up on the website? And they would offer a half-baked solution, which in reality would never happen. The business card would never get uh, delivered. Uh, the deliverable, the slide deck, would never get sent out and or posted to the website by that Monday or Tuesday. So thinking that through, when does that person want the information the most? And it's in the moment. Uh, when they're asking for it, when they, when you're up on stage, when you're the uh, presenter and the authority in your field, and you're talking to this audience of uh, you know whatever your topic is, that's when the audience wants your information the most. So why not give it to them then? And in order to give it to them, they have to give up a little bit of information, and that's how the speakers, authors, influencers start building their list feeding their funnel, and having more successful follow-up conversations after those events. And actually, you almost want to restate that because before this was available, people were having a lot of challenges staying connected to their audience, a lot of challenges of managing the data, and a lot of challenges of building a list. And it, it, w- when was this actually made available? What, what year? Just technology. We rolling this out, gosh, uh, we were tinkering with it eight years ago, started uh, demoing and testing it five, probably about, uh, seriously about five years ago, we started working with uh, a larger group of audio, uh, speakers to work with on this. And so you have a team that actually helps you create the cutting edge technology for it to continue to evolve. Is that correct? Yeah, we yeah we've got we've got different teams around the country that uh, work with the aggregators, work with the actual platform that manage the technology behind uh, SMS marketing. And what we do is we are working directly with the speakers, authors, and influencers on how they can implement it. Because the last thing an an entrepreneur needs is another tool to eat up more bandwidth of their day and their time and their their own resources. If they're looking for a solution, they don't need that solution to take up hours out of the day or the week. So what we do is we offer the solution, but we also offer them a system that is a turnkey, done-for-you type of a system so that they don't have to worry about um, learning a new skill set or technology. Okay, and is there something that uh, 
people can check out while we're on the show right now that they could download, or is there some type of text? Do you have anything set up? I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but is is there something we can try out? <laughs> no, it's, it, I, no, I appreciate you asking that. Um, we actually do. Um, if uh, anybody in your audience wants to test this out, just grab your phone and start a new text message. And you're going to send a new text message to the number 55678. So once you uh, address that to 55678, the message that you're going to include is TML, which stands for Text Me Leads. Hit send, and that will send back an autoresponder with a link. And what was that number again? 55678. Five five six seven eight is a number. TML is the message that you send. Uh, yeah. That is uh, specific to uh, the United States. Uh, does not necessarily work for Canadian or other outside of the U.S. numbers. Can I ask a tangent question real quick? Sure. Uh, what if we typed in the numbers two one seven 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 and then TML? It would get to the same spot. Would it? Okay. You have that on your cover page of your Facebook. That's why I was asking. Yes. That. Yes. 21777 works as well. And so what these numbers do is they designate where, what day and time or opportunity or affiliate or connection you're giving us with, right? Yeah. So you can that, segment your message, segment your deliverable. Yes. So this particular number might be customized for the show. So you know that the people that are either following on social media, the iTunes later, or the show live you know that those numbers are coming from this show and, and the broadcast thereafter. Yes. Okay, that's really cool. So we have lots of leaders, speakers, and authors that listen to this show, especially through the social media channels. So what percentage of people do you think are on stage that are not using the technology, and how much does this uh, percentage-wise expedite their effectiveness, or, or dollar-wise? Yeah, so... To actually put a legitimate number on that, I, I don't have the data on it, but just in the events that I go to, I'd say 90% of speakers that are on stage right now are not using this type of technology. They're using something, but not this specific type. And there's different ways to use it, and that's one of the things that we um, I, I love talking to speakers about or any, anybody that's got an audience that they're trying to help get information to is uh, even if you're not using my system and you're using somebody else's, you need to be using it correctly. One of the barriers that we found was when somebody's asking for um, the initial text in, which so let's call what I just said with the uh, 55678 and sending TML as your first step in the opt, uh, opt, opt-in procedure, that auto response coming back is going to send you to a link uh, for a mobile opt-in page, okay? What I was seeing, which I was finding with uh, talking to several of my clients, is that when they had a texting system that was saying, uh, this first autoresponder coming back was saying, all right, text back your name. Thanks, John. Now text back your email. Thanks, John, we got that, and the information that you're interested in is going to be emailed to you shortly. Well, that's great. It accomplished the sequence but what it missed was the immediacy of delivering that to their phone. 
Now, they can get it, the email on their phone, but with the email, there's just a little bit of a delay. And you and I have both been at events where we start doing something, somebody comes by, taps us on the shoulder, we see somebody, um, you know, or, you know, uh, we get distracted very easily at some of these events because there's so many things going on, right? So what we wanted to do was make sure that you know exactly how many questions are going to be asked. Uh, typically, we're just looking for a name and an email address and then hit submit and you're immediately redirected to the deliverable page where you can download the slide deck, you can download their book, you can download um, a questionnaire, all types of different information, including all of the social media links. I'd imagine that uh, with someone like an author doing a book, that this would be a great technology to put in the book to keep the book connected to the author and the reader. Yeah, um, and if I could just share a, a little bit uh, specific to authors, um, I've, you and I have both seen authors from stage uh, prompt their audience to go to Amazon or go to a website to make the purchase. Right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes if there's a, a misspelling or uh, you know, sometimes we get creative with names and we don't want to spell them correctly, but when you're dropping those breadcrumbs on how to get to a book on Amazon, there's just enough of a disconnect where it, they don't make it in a convenient amount of time and they lose interest in it and they're on to something else. So well, there's no, done, and there's we, no capture. There's no capture of connection right. either. Yeah. Correct, correct. So you don't know how many people, um, you're not getting any actionable data to see where people are dropping off in the sequence. What we're able to do is uh, give them a specific code for that book. It immediately takes them, there's a link that immediately takes them to Amazon. Now you can um, use a URL shortener with Google and you can tag that uh, link going to Amazon with a Google uh, URL shortener. So now I'm going to have data on how many people texted in, how many people clicked the link, and then off of my orders within that time, that same time frame, I'll see how many people actually bought the book. So I can see exactly where they start dropping off if they drop off at all. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we have enough time to <clears throat> ask some more questions, go a little deeper, but with the brilliant mind of Ron Klein, it would almost be like you're getting some amazing consultation, and he can give a reaction to this segment. Would you mind me bringing him back in? Oh, please. Great. Okay. Ron, are you, are you still there? I'm here, and I'm listening, <clears throat> and it was excellent because what Doug is in is the directory service. So he has two, two – well, he has a customer and a client, so he can make, be selling to two people at the same time, which I love it. His client is the speaker who wants to deliver – the deliverable to his audience and the clients, the customers are the audience themselves. So he actually has access to both the client and the customer. I love it. And is there anything you would say that uh, could tweak this or, or supercharge it for uh, his next regeneration or reinvention of this process? There are many buttons that he can add to this and I would love to sit down with him and talk about it. But it's unlimited. The concept is interactive, and it's great. He's in the directory service. Well, since everyone on the radio right now, including myself, is drooling, and I have drool getting all over my equipment, can you just give us one thing that you would advise, Doug, to add to this? Call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are mean, Ron. Now we see the done. 
run. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. No, well, I, I think uh, it has it has lim- unlimited benefits. All right. Most important thing right. is he didn't put together an idea. He put together something that provides absolute benefits to the consumer and the client. All right. Well, Doug, don't forget me. You know, the, don't forget the little people after uh, this conversation with Ron. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was it was Ken, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you know, thank me. Thanks for inviting me back in. Just a past comment. I really appreciate it. So we're going to close out the show with uh, Doug. A couple of questions, just some real fast questions. Um, yep. Do you have a book? We're working on it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, if you don't have a publisher, anything I can do to help with that, you know, my love for creating legacy and helping with influencers. So I'd love to help with that. What is What is your favorite book, and what book would you recommend to our audience? So, um, one of the, my favorite books is called The Art of Possibility by Benjamin and Rose Zander. The Art of Possibility. And um, I love the fact that you did that with us just talking the grandfather possibility. I mean, you are yeah. good. <laughs> it, it's an amazing book. It, always, it starts with the positive. It gives an absolute yes to everything. And then you figure out how to go about doing it. Um, it works with for teachers. It works for parents. It works on how you um, are able to approach a problem where there's a solution somewhere in here. Let's start with that, and then start. And just as what Ron was talking uh, was talking about earlier, is that you you start weeding away everything that is not part of the solution, and you get down to what you can actually work with. That's that's my all time go to favorite book. The next favorite book is the next one that you pick up. So uh, everybody's yes. always looking for, you know, what is it? Just pick up a book. Just start reading the next thing that you grab because there's so many people that we can learn from that have gone before us, written down some really good stuff, and uh, we're, we're crazy to not be consuming it. Well, we got to do faster answers and questions so we can get a couple more out real quick. But I wanted to tell you a quote I heard last week was uh, the second best book is the one you're about to write. So um, everyone should consider writing a book because there is a, a big point of the download of your information to help others. So uh, how can people follow you and connect with you? Uh, so you can find me at textmeleads.com is our website, uh, obviously Facebook. And then the text code that I gave has not only a demonstration page of all the different ways that we've helped people, but also my contact information at the bottom. Also, there is a donation button for the Red Cross for the storms that we're going through with Harvey and the one coming up uh, with Irma. Okay, and uh, the next question is, is there any way we can take this technology and have it do some relief for Harvey and also the uh, hurricane? I'm just kidding with you. That was the question you used it already. <laughs> um, what's a quote you live by? Act. Act. One word, right? And is that with a period Act. or an exclamation point? Exclamation point. All right, Doug. Well, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. And was this a compliment having you with Ron? I mean, this is this was uh, a phenomenal what an connection. Honor. I think. What an so, honor! I was. Uh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I was that honored you were able to be on. I was honored to be on with with uh, Doug. Yes, and so we got to all get together an event. I see on your page that you have all kinds of cool events coming up, uh, and you have, gosh, you have a, a big event coming up. What is it? Everyone needs to pee. Is that is that the one? Everyone needs everyone needs positive energy and motivation. Right. No, it's positive energy yeah, and awesome. Um, 
Yes, so that that sounds really cool. It'll be Boston in November. That's right. All right. Well, Ron Klein and Doug Walls, you've both been amplified. I look forward to hearing about the successes and seeing you at future events and, of course, reading all the new books that you're going to be writing and sharing. So thank you very much for spending an hour on Amplified, and we look forward to reconnecting later. Thanks, Kim. Thank you, Ken. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.